Hi, Ludovic. Now I will try to pronounce your last name correctly. Champenois? Is it, is it, is it perfect? Yeah, Champenois, yes. Champenois, perfect. Uh, Ludovic like Ludwig. Ludovic like Ludwig. Ludwig. Ah, okay. What was your first computer? My first computer uh, was uh, ooh, uh, Amstrad CPC 64. Wow. I had ZX Spectrum Amstrad 128K. This is when Amstrad oh, yeah. bought ZX Spectrum. This was my first computer. It was after. Yeah. yeah. I got the first one. It had a, it had a audio tape for storing programs, and you, you could really hear your bugs coming yeah. from the tape. I it it was in my yeah. case, in yours as well, because my the uh, the uh, the tape was attached to the keyboard. Actually, in my case, yeah, I think it was attached to it. Yes, and it in had a case. screen. I mean, everything was bundled. You know, it's uh, yeah, everything included: uh, tape, CPU, RAM, uh, video, amazing video. Yeah, um, I paid for it maybe in uh, in two weeks because I did the uh, genealogical tree for my family. Uh-huh. That I printed on paper, then I and I sold the paper, and I could pay for my my computer, you know. Okay. Very quickly. Okay. Interesting. That was my first job. I was very young. How young were you? Uh, I cannot tell you. Okay, but um, this is what you started with the with the tree and not playing games. Oh, I do not play games. I've never ever played games. And I remember when I did uh, my, you know, computer science studies, I did an uh, end of the year, you know, uh, project. Mm -hmm. And it was all about uh, gaming theory and why games would be a uh, uh, kick-ass uh, industry in the future. I described everything, but I did not play. So but it was more the philosophical aspect of okay. playing games on computer, but I never played. But as a kid, I mean, why you didn't try it? Because uh, I yeah. like to play. Because you know, in the play, there was a in the games there was an interesting mood. So I just enjoyed, you know, the yeah. situation. But then they became boring, and I start programming. But I played a little bit at the beginning. No, I I, I never went into in, into games. But I did uh, computer music a lot. Ah, yeah, kudos so to music, you. Music was my hobby. Yeah. So how you did the tree? Like, was it a programming involved, or how you did it? Yeah, it was uh, programming in basic, and you know, uh, small. I mean. I don't remember if I used recursion or not. I don't even know if you had recursion to print things, but uh, other things. And uh, and it was just mostly entering the data and nicely formatting in with tabs or you know indentation. And then once one uh, a couple had too many kids, you know, you had to tweak a little bit because uh, my family is pretty large. So depending on which level you were in the tree, you you would have more space or not. Okay, you know, I could. Two names in one line or four names in one line. So it was, yeah, quite advanced. Yeah, I, I, and how you learned basic back then? I mean, um, reading docs, you know, we did not have real internet at that time. So how, how long it did it take? Uh, buying, you know, buying magazines, all paper based and going to, uh, going to shops and talking to other people, you know. How long did it took to, to learn programming really? I don't know. I mean, Two months or yeah, oh, not bad. Yeah, I, I bought it. I bought it, and then I started uh, learning from magazines. And, and why you bought it? I mean, you saw it in, on the TV, or what? What is the idea buying a computer? Well, I knew computers would uh, would be what I wanted to do. Okay, know? okay. So, this... uh, 
initially I was buying uh, US magazines uh, that you could buy in France, and I was, you know, trying to see which computer with a price I could pay for it because it it was very expensive at that time. You know, I think if if you compare to dollars now, I mean, a pretty okay computer at that time was eight or ten thousand dollars. Yeah, but not ours, right? Did that expectant was cheaper? Not ours. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I was looking at, you know, I wanted a computer and the only price range uh, as of today would be 8,000. I say, well, not definitely yeah. not for me. Okay. So, so and then, what happens, uh, yeah. what happens after the tree exploration? So, I mean, you, you kept programming with the computer or, or what was your ideas? I mean, you just... Oh, yeah, I did a little bit, uh, a little bit also a little bit music because I remember it has a sound interface uh, mm -hmm in it uh so i did some music as well mm -hmm. and then yeah which then music jean-michel to... jean jarre like music or uh yeah but it was more eight bits or even maybe four bits at that time but even now i mean people are making a lot of eight bits music mm -hmm. i mean it's uh, it's a trend i mean people love uh, redoing all the old fashion you know songs that they used to listen during games by the way because Computer music was maybe initially mostly either done by theoretical guys or uh, game designers, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So it did some... Um, static Spectrum was not great on that. I wanted to do this, but it was somehow I didn't manage to. But uh, what I remember, Amiga 500 was great in music. So they had a better support. Well, for... I, I got uh, Amiga, yeah, 500 or 1000. I don't remember. But yeah, la later on, I was able to buy uh, Amiga. Okay. Yeah. And you kept with the Amstrad basic programming and then you got Amiga and I assume assembler, right? Or Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so Amiga was, uh, and I got it mostly for music as well, just mm -hmm. to, uh, to, okay. to, was uh, the trend at that time. I mean, you could do amazing graphics. You could even crawl uh, images and change uh, screen resolution, you know, so you could have one image with one resolution and a second one with a different one. Mm -hmm. It was amazing at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, but before that, I went to the university. So, I mean, or I mean, engineering school. Uh -huh. And this is where I learned some uh, programming language. The first one was APL. APL, okay. W yeah, what's the a programming language. Okay. A programming language. Um, I remember my first project doing APL was uh, the Game of Life. You remember the yeah. Game of Life? Yeah. And it was two lines of APL. Wow. Yeah, it was, yeah, because APL is very, very concise. I mean, you can write a lot of, uh, you know, matrix multiplication in uh, one uh, one operator. Okay. Uh, and it was, yeah, the entire APL, I mean, uh, Game of Life programming in two lines of code. I was very happy about it. Were the lines short yeah. or long? <laughs> the, the what? The, the lines. Oh, the line, uh, the line, I think, they, yeah, they, they were more than 128. Yeah, so. Okay. Maybe you could write the entire program in a tweet. Yeah, yeah I, I was uh, in a project with someone who really liked Perl. And sometimes if we had something to do, one liner was a short program, two liner was a mid-range, and three line program, we knew that we had spent several days, you know, this was his thinking. Yes. And, you know, t talking about that, I mean, I, I would love to to talk about what we are doing now. I mean, you know, so you had shell scripts that, you know, is a collection of lines. And now... It seems that we are going ballistic with orchestrating yeah. trips. This we will come to, to that later. I, I actually I'm yeah. right after the conference talk right now, 
and I exactly spoke about that. So I did, you know, the comparison Java back then and clouds right now. And uh, yeah. we can have a chat about that, but um, yeah, because for me, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's both funny and depressing. But yeah, we we can chat more about that. Absolutely. Before we do this, uh, the question is: You studied computer science, right? Well, yeah, I went to an engineering school, and you know, in France, engineering schools are pretty generic. You can mm -hmm. learn anything: mm -hmm. cooking, you know, become a, you know, become a priest or become a software engineer it depends so they really adapt your i mean uh adapts their uh training to who you are and what you want to do so okay i was happy to have a uh, i mean uh that a computer room and a few gigs and we were maybe um, less than 10 you know okay. where was it in paris no it was in uh, near lyon okay in france okay and uh you enjoyed your study yeah, I mean, this is basically the only thing I was doing. Okay. Uh, I was not, you know, it, it was very advanced math and physics and, uh, you know, some mechanical engineering, electrical engineering. So, you know, boring stuff for, uh, you know, French engineers, you know, to go to a large oil mm -hmm. companies like EDF or, you know, electricity, mm -hmm. the France, you know. Yeah. But I was not really into... Be becoming a, a generic uh, engineer. I, I wanted to do computers. Okay. So, so APL? I to, to have access to computers. So you learned APL? What was after APL? At the yeah, APL was the first one. Uh, and then uh, and then maybe Fortran. Yeah, okay. we did Fortran. Uh, was it at that time we had Pascal as well? Or Pas Pascal was just starting? Yeah, uh, Tour Pascal. Uh, yeah, so I remember doing Pascal, and uh, my second year of engineering, I went to uh, an internship and in computer music, uh, music as well. And uh, the guy was able to uh, buy uh, Apple II, I think it was Apple II, with Pascal and Assembler. And here I basically invented, invented what the iPad is. Uh huh. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so. So the, the project was uh, writing uh, a software that would drive um, a drawing pad. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you had a pen mm -hmm. and a flat drawing pad, and you could capture the movement of the pen on the pad. And the software was trying to, uh, to do a more or less um, uh, audio mixer with tracks, you know, vertical tracks and depending on where the musician was putting the pen, it could control many, many other uh, devices. Mm -hmm. uh, if, you, if you buy uh, music uh, software for iPad, not, not very for Android because uh, music and Android is a nightmare, but on iPad, you, you, you can find I mean, now the, the latest version of you know, yeah. inputting things on a screen and controlling system. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you know the Earcam in, in Paris. It's a center of music uh, paid by the government in Paris. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, being uh, published as a paper uh, during a conference. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was in, I don't know, 80, 82, 83. Okay. So I still have a book of my paper. And next to my paper... Uh, some guys from, you know, Silicon Valley was there as well, talking about, you know, seeing they were doing crazy things. And, but I was very happy 
reading it 20 years after that I was in a, in a publication where, you know, you had some people already from uh, San Francisco and me, yeah. you know, as an intern. That was fun. Yeah, it, it is actually incredible because you cannot compare no times back then without internet. You have to get the idea first, then execute that. So it was complete different times. So, um, you know. It- yeah, I mean, yeah we, yeah, we did not have internet. So it was, uh, so it was my first, you know, international conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it big, the well, conference? Yeah. I don't, I don't really remember, you know, uh, I just, I mean, discovered the, the, the book, uh, <laughs> maybe 10 years ago again. Okay. And, uh, so it's not even, it's not even published electronically, you know, it's okay. printed paper, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I know what it is. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so you cannot, you cannot query for it. You will not find it unless I, I scan it and then I, yeah, I put it in, in a computer. Yeah, but you are working at Google right now, so you could scan the book, you know, in the in the library. I, in fact, I should scan this book. I should have uh, Google to to scan this yeah. book. Yeah. In fact, maybe I don't know why Google did not did not scan it, it yet. I mean, so it's, it's a massive bug. Yes. Yeah. So you have to you know to to ping uh, them. So what's what's going on with them? I know. Very so, good. Yeah. They scan my paper. Yes. But the pen was attached with the with the cable, as I remember. I was yeah, also, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You had a cable. Yeah. You had a cable. Uh, you know, it was. Use, I think, for doing, uh, you know, digital, I mean, drawing yeah. uh, with uh, computers, but then we act it to, uh, to do a mixing table. I mean, an advanced mixing table. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, yeah, uh, it was used in a live concert in Lyon, maybe in 83 or 84. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, amazing stories. So what happened after the pen? So you started to work, uh, this was at the university. What happened after the university? Yes. So, yeah, the, the problem with uh, computer music, it, it didn't really uh, pay as much as I needed because, you know, I was a poor student at the time. So I decided to move a little bit uh, away from computer music and, you know, do a real boring engineering stuff. Okay. Uh, but it was not that boring. Uh, I was um, working on a company, a very small startup uh who help uh, large companies to put cables uh, on the seafloor. Huh. Interesting, no? Because now Google is doing that, you know? Okay. And, and you had to track, uh, again, electronically, I mean, where the cable was uh, laid on on the, on the seabed. And uh, so there I was also doing computers on boats, you know, so vomiting uh, next to my keyboard. The, the keyboards were really attached with screws on the on the desk because you know everything was moving left and right. Okay, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, so it was uh, it was also in Fortran. Okay, uh, and you liked Fortran and APL, or was it like no APL was only uh, okay. School, yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't see any usage of APL outside of school. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but Fortran was used uh, everywhere uh, with okay. uh, VAX VMS. I mean, yeah, VAX. VAX? You, you yeah, remember yeah. Digital, yeah. digital equipment? Yeah, yeah. So, so we had a VAX VMS embedded uh, in a in a in a boat. You know, in a so, boat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to to track. Uh, I mean, to do all the computer science uh, related to uh, laying cables in uh, on the sea so not bad so this was my yeah one of my uh thing and then i did 
I remember this because I mean, a massive bug, you know, I did a software that was, uh, printing on massively big papers, plannings. Okay. You know, you need to do A before B and then critical paths and all this. And we, you know, it was for operation planning and we had to print those massively big schedules, you know, maybe 10 meters long, you know. Mm -hmm. So you start by buying this and that, and then you assemble it, then you wait for a boat, then you, you, you know, mm -hmm. so everything was well described. So I helped writing this software that was printing this. But why you need it? Why someone needed such massive plans? Is what for architects or what? Well, I mean, uh, people doing big operations on okay. uh, the seafloor. Uh, yeah. Seafloor again. That, that is, okay. Yeah. So uh, back to the seafloor. What I'm interested in the seafloor is, what was your longest distance you went by the boat in VMS and DVEX? So it was like it was Atlantic or just a sea or what? No, it was uh, uh, between um, it was uh, between England and uh, Norway, Nor no, uh, Norway, Norway, uh -huh. so, uh, uh, Nordic Sea. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. So cr uh, crazy. So I mean, this was uh, lots of adventures, right? Well, yes. Yeah, there were probably some yeah. storms or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I remember flying by helicopter, you know, uh, from one place to another one, uh, and you know, and then uh, yeah, vomiting in boats, you know, while okay. debugging. <laughs> so yeah. And the and the real reliability of the VMS was of the Vex machine was not a problem. I mean, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it could send, uh, you know, yeah, moves. I mean, moving a lot. Okay. So. I guess, yeah, I, I guess at the time they had hard disk. I mean, I remember having tapes okay. to, to back up uh, a lot of things, but I think tapes was uh, where we would store all the data that we capture. But um, I, I think that disk at the time, I don't remember. Yeah. You know. What I remember in my project, there was a, a, a huge operation and they had the, you know, the, the host machines and there was like a disaster planning or disaster, how to call it, uh, event, recovery event. And the mm -hmm. idea was to move the machines out of the building and start them on the on the parking slot, parking lot. And uh, what happened yeah. was it was not even, so the machines didn't boot. You know, this was a funny because oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the planning was you know to move them out and start them, but because yeah, yeah. the parking lot was not even, they had some you know control inside, so the so the hard disk didn't, a... didn't move. So this was actually for so me. It was not a VAC VMS. No, you know, VAC no, no, VMS no. could boot. Uh, you know. Uh... Yeah, 15 years ago, I was uh, I worked with a consultant and he had actually Vax VMS in his room. So it was like, it looked like a cube, more or less, on on uh, on wheels. Yeah, so I loved, yeah, I loved the Vax VMS, yes. Okay, so um, what happened after your printing, uh, Seafloor pr printing company? This gets more and more interesting. Well, yeah, so I decided, I mean, it was a very small company, so it did not, you know, go anywhere, even though it's still, you know, active somehow now, but I decided to, to, to go for a bigger uh, consulting mm -hmm. French company that was doing a lot of, you know, new things, uh, including a payroll software uh, to, you know, to, to handle payroll. So printing uh, mm -hmm. paychecks and, uh, but it was not the only thing that this company was doing. And this company decided to rewrite, uh, well, th this company had bought a company in the US uh, that was doing logistics mm -hmm. on VAX VMS, by the way. Okay. 
and uh, it was the only logistics software on on a VAX. Mm -hmm. You know, every every everybody else was doing IBM. I mean, of course, mm -hmm. and it was the only you know uh, non-industrial software uh, running on a VAX mm -hmm. at that time. But they decided to rewrite everything in uh, Unix. You know, you know, you mm -hmm. know this operating system. Yeah. yeah. And, and C or C++. So I was hired to, to help them rewrite, you know, uh, a large software written in basic and Fortran VMS using, uh, the VMS database. Okay. You know, the common data repository. I mean, plenty of things from, uh, VAX, but we decided to rewrite everything in, uh, Unix and, um, uh, mm -hmm. and C++. And using, uh, DEC computers, I mean, digital equipment computers. Yes, the alphas, right? This was alpha, I think. Yeah, alpha. So it was pretty, yeah, pretty good uh, uh, Unix machines. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we were very ambitious, you know, at that time, it was uh, what people doing was doing object-oriented stuff, you know. So I remember an engineer in, uh, in Pittsburgh, so, you know, we were looking at object-oriented libraries. Mm -hmm. One was from uh, NIH. Uh, well, okay. it's not, not invented here, but it's a <laughs> national... Uh, <laughs> Institute of something, right? Institute of Health, you know. Health. And, and they had those massively big uh, C++ uh, core Java, I mean, core libraries, mm -hmm. like Guava, you know, Guava, but yeah. written in... Uh, and one engineer in Pittsburgh decided to 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 start doing object-oriented programming and was creating a class which uh, which was a string class, you know. Ah, yeah. Okay. And, and it was a collection of string character. I mean, uh, characters, but each character was its own C plus plus class. I mean, it was a freaking nightmare, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this rem then, remembers yeah. me. Uh, my. One of the first Java project distributed programming. Someone wanted to have distributed computing, and they they started with Java primitives, and they wanted to have them distributed. You know, like the remote int or something like this. I couldn't even get yes, the concept what they want. Yeah, this was like yes. complete crazy. Yeah, and and now and now we have uh, you know uh, AWS lambdas or uh, yeah. Google Cloud Function, which is more or less the same. You know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. this uh, is like distributed command pattern with hundreds of of moving parts. And uh, yeah, everyone is happy. That nobody, I mean, nobody can figure out how to, to make it work, except, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, some I, random people promoting it. I, I, exactly. I, I, by the way, <laughs> exactly what I said uh, two hours ago. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. So uh, it was uh, official. We should do a post, uh, we should do a post, a post podcast about it. Yeah, we should do it. it but but you But you are hard to get. So what I usually do, you know, the first podcast, just introduction. And then we can just talk about that because I have also my opinions. Yeah. But not everything is bad with lambdas in Google Cloud Functions. They are they are oh, perfect yeah. for integration as an event listener, like message-driven beans. You know, this is exactly the purpose. But it's a not general-purpose programming model. It's like in Java, yeah. distributed command pattern when no one knows what's going on. You know, this is like yeah. So I think we agree. Yeah. Very good. Oh, so anyway, I wouldn't, I, remember I, I, I wouldn't expect that, but thank you. So, NIH, you got this string class in C++. What happened then? Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. You know, it was using, I don't know, 10 times more memory than uh, <laughs> any other class, but uh, we, we were object-oriented, you know, and the string is a basic of, you know, software, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a company name, an employee name, a product name, you know. Yeah. It's a string, and a string is a collection of characters 
a character might be a collection of, you know, bits. I don't know, but we were very happy with our uh, string, you know, object. Mm -hmm. uh, and comparing with uh, the NIH string implementation. And so, yeah, we wasted a lot of time and money on that. Now, so, now, uh, now be honest. Were you actually excited about the string or you knew from the beginning that is going to nowhere? Oh, uh, I knew the string was not the right way to okay. uh, implement uh, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, software. I knew it. Yeah, I was not but, sure because the, we other people, the other people, they seemed really skilled in experience. And I was younger, you know, and I saw what they're doing and they were so convinced about the remote integers, whatever. I say, maybe it works, but they were every, Corba was everywhere. So then I thought it actually cannot work. But at the beginning, I was suspicious. I mean, OK, if everyone is so yeah, convinced, yeah, you know, I mean, Cor Cor Corba, I mean, I was uh, yeah. I was very interested. And again, I was more working on the R&D side of the business, mm -hmm. you know, providing basic layer for other people to write real real you know, business uh, functionalities, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, payroll or, you know, uh, doing logistic, you know, when when do you order, uh, you know, uh, a truck to deliver things from A to B or where, I mean, where do you put your, uh, you know, operating, I mean, the uh, where you store your items, all those, you know, things that I'd, I had no clue about, okay? So it was just providing the basic uh, software building blocks. Yeah, like okay. foundation, right? So you were the plumbing specialist. Yes. Okay. And how, how much time you spent at the company? So you quit or? Uh, so, I mean, it was, uh, so they sent me to the US. Okay. That's why now I'm in the US. Oh, that's the reason. So, okay. uh, yeah. So they sent me in the US and uh, working with people from France and from Pittsburgh. And I stayed in Pittsburgh for almost two years. And then the project, yeah, was way too ambitious, and we were, I mean, not the size of Google, mm -hmm. but we wanted we wanted to do better than Google or better than, you know, anybody else. And I think we failed. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very ambitious, but we we failed. So they asked me to to go back to 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 Paris, mm -hmm. and then I sent my resume my my, my resume by by chance to uh, a few companies in the Silicon Valley, including Sun Microsystem. And uh, the other one was Tandem. You remember Tandem? Yeah, there was like a dual core CPU CPU company, right? They did high high uh, availability. They, they did. Yes. There was one of the first clusters, the Tandem software. Yes, exactly. And they they paid. I mean, they wanted to uh, to have an interview with me, so they paid my plane ticket from Pittsburgh to uh, Silicon Valley. And once I was there, I stayed a week, and I stopped by at Sun Microsystem. And I was able to have an interview as, as well as, over there. And you knew about Sun, France, uh, Sun Microsystems already? or I knew nobody. But you knew the company, so was it exciting for you? Or oh, just... I knew the company. Yeah, I mean, Sun Microsystem at that time was uh, well-known. I mean, the... Yeah, but you like, like the company as well. So it would like to... Yeah, I like the company because what they were doing. Uh, before, I was using uh, DEC uh, computers, but, you know, uh, Sun was better. Uh, they had also a very nice... Uh, C++, you know, core library, mm -hmm. uh, the ancestor of, uh, you know, I mean, they had a very nice, uh, yeah, C++-centric uh, UI mm -hmm. framework uh, to, to, to programs to do nice uh, GUI, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and at that time, I did not really know they were doing Java. Mm -hmm. And the interim in the end, I passed the interview and they gave me an offer. Mm -hmm. So I came back two, three months in France for vacation, you know, like any 
decent French engineer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Euro- European engineer, not only French. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the person is very, I mean, in the US, you know, you, you quit a job and you start, you quit on Friday and you start a new one on Friday, on Monday. Next year. <laughs> but in, uh, in, in Europe, you, you quit a job and then you, you start a new one three months after. Okay. Yeah, so of course. Reasonable. Um, I arrived in the, you know, in Mountain View, where now the Facebook is. Do you know the Facebook campus? Yeah, I know that the Facebook uh, campus is uh, in the place where Sun Microsystems was. Yeah, so this is this was, yeah, this is where I started uh, at Sun. Mm-hmm. Already I was, you know, not a Facebook employee, but uh, at the center of the world, because now it's uh, the center of Facebook. And they, you know... Nobody knew what to do with Java at that time, but I mean, Java was everywhere. Which year, so which year was it? You, you remember? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, 96. Oh, this was Java very beginning. Was... JDK 1.1, not even 1.1, 1.0. No, 1.0.9, no, yeah. Yeah, because nine, uh, 1997 or 1998, we got 1.1. I was really excited about that. But... Yes, exactly. But uh, 96 uh, was uh, the move from Java 0.9 to 1.0. Mm-hmm. I with JavaSoft. Exactly. So you worked for Sun or for JavaSoft? Well, no. So I did not work for JavaSoft. Uh, I worked for uh, Sun Tools. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had a lot of competition between the two entities. You know, I mean, they call it planets or, you know, but uh, yeah. So JavaSoft, they were developing the core, I mean, Java libraries and uh, mm-hmm. JVM, etc. But uh, Sun Tools, we were more in tools. I uh, don't remember if you remember Teamware. No. Uh, I mean, Teamware is... Uh, Forte. I Java. remember Forte, but not team, Teamware. Um, yeah. So you remember SSCS, like uh, Source Code Control? Yeah. Or VCS? Yeah. So yeah. Teamware was... Uh, and in fact, even, you know, I use Git, but was the equivalent of Git, but uh, developed by some people and way better than SCCS in for uh, source code control. Mm-hmm. You had, you know, three-way merge, but anyways, so this, this is a company, the group doing tools at Sun. Uh, this is uh, the, 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 the group I joined. And we did the ancestor of IDs, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I still have the two IDs, I mean, Sun Studio and uh, Sun. I don't remember. I mean, no, nobody was using that. Yeah, I, I used uh, I used Sun's, Sun Java Studio and Sun's Java Studio Workshop. I had both CDs yeah, still. So, so yes, I was working on that. And then we decided to buy a small, very company, very small company in Prague. Yeah. Called NetBeans. You remember okay. NetBeans? Yeah, yeah, of course. Still use it from the, from so, time to time. Yeah. So I was very happy because you know I was part of this team evaluating uh, other companies, and uh, I remember interviewing. You know. Uh, the at the time the CEO of NetBeans, you know, so he came in Mountain View and you know, he, had, he talked to many many people and I was one of them, so I was very happy with that. And we decided to buy them, you know. But Jonathan Schwartz was also behind that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Jonathan Schwartz was there. Yes, yeah. And did you work with Jonathan? Because back then he yeah. was not okay. Yeah. And I, I um, your story is similar. Do you know the guy called Romain Gricot? Gricot. Romain Grécourt, oui. Yeah. So I, I, I did an uh, interview with him Oracle as well. when I left, yeah. Ah, yeah. okay. Because um, uh, I performed an interview with him as well, and he also worked at Sun on the tooling side. Yeah. So then NetBeans was, uh, you know... So you worked with NetBeans? I, sorry? You've, you used and worked with NetBeans? 
Oh yeah. So yeah. So I became you know an AdBeans engineer, but not working from from Prague, but working from uh, Mountain View, but helping them. Uh, so I was more on the enterprise edition, the EE edition, yeah. where Sun wanted to make money off, you know. So you had this uh, tiering like IntelliJ, you know, the free edition and then adding yeah. Java EE or J2E, you know, or server-side uh, programming tools mm-hmm. on top of the free edition. So this is where we integrated. So we 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 try to to expose uh easier to use j2e because at that at that time j2e was a monster yeah you know like like kubernetes is today you know exactly what i, I mean, said what i said two hours ago just like telepathy oh, I, I, i'm sorry i did not listen what you said but, <laughs> yeah you know at that time we had uh deployment descriptor of xml and everything was ascii driven based and now it's the same with uh, yaml but uh, yeah. it's the same concept. identical back then we used xdoclet to generate the, the oh, deployment yeah. descriptors and now we are using helm charts to do exactly the same i know uh, but i remember xdoclet was uh, forbidden at sun microsystem by javasov because it was hacking the java specification in a way the java speci- specification was not designed Okay. So it was adding programming data inside comments. Okay. Right in the Java doc, mm-hmm. which was forbidden because a Java compiler could not process this data. That's interesting you know, because uh, write- because I, I delivered courses uh, for official courses for Sun Microsystems, and I always use XDoclet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, again, so JavaSoft was a church, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plenty of monks and trying to uh, to give all the best practice. And JavaSoft said to the entire Sun community and internally that no one could use uh, XDoclet because it was not spec compliant. You know, yeah. you had to use uh, XML descriptors or later annotations. But yeah, interesting. So, yeah. Uh, you, so you use an enterprise. Which which NetBeans version was it? You remember that? Well, we, we also bought a company called Forte. Yeah. Do you remember? Forte for J. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, at the end, we, we had our inter- internal Sun Studios and NetBeans and Forte. So it was a mess, you know, trying to, mm-hmm. to unify everything was a complete mess. Yeah. Uh, because everybody had their own story and their own tooling and background and even customers. I mean, yeah, Forte has a, had pretty large customers. So, you know, we tried to combine those three teams and, as any acquisition that I've been into, you know, it doesn't work well, usually. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so there is a lot of politics, uh, you know, very smart engineers, but, you know, what we call now PMs. At that time, we did not have officially PMs. I mean, yeah. but now they are called PMs trying to uh, to define uh, what would be a good uh, tooling strategy that would make revenue, and which I think it's not possible. Mm-hmm. But at that time, we tried, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that only IntelliJ is really, tr- I mean, as success, I mean, as has been successful in this. Uh, but they also get now hard times because I use Visual Studio Code yeah. a lot of time, and and this is for me good enough, you know. So and, and yeah, and yeah, I remember we were talking a lot to Borland as well. Borland, you remember oh, really? Borland? Yeah, sure. JBuilder, yeah. one of my favorite ideas. So yeah. I use JBuilder three a lot. I started with three. Yeah. I used Visual Cafe back then, Java Studio Workshop. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to use the MetroWorks Code Warrior, but never got, never got, never got it. Visual H for yeah. Java was not that bad actually, and um, yeah. and and NetBeans. I started with version five, 
this is where I become excited because before that there was even strange you couldn't add jar to a class path you had to mount a jar so that was a very yeah. strange for me it was like uh, I didn't like that at all yeah yeah I mean we, so yeah we we started from yeah very very low level of uh, support and I think now I mean I, I'm I'm still using it NetBeans you know I'm still using it in I might be the I mean I think we have maybe we are maybe three or four Googlers still using NetBeans internally. And everybody else is making fun of us, which is fine. You know. mm. I don't care. So what, what, where NetBean shines, I would say, is simplicity. You open just a project and you, and you convert. Yeah. So it's incredible. They yeah. have nice shortcuts. Yeah, nothing to import from. There is no import to workspace. You know, yeah, you just open it. No plugins. You can nice. just work. It's a very pragmatic tool. And I use yeah. NetBeans in larger projects. And there are smaller things. I just use Visual Studio Code. Which um, and by the way, the GraalVM team. There's a GraalVM plugin for Visual Studio Code, which actually runs yeah. NetBeans behind the scenes, which is funny. So you can ah okay. So, so I need to install it now. Yeah, yeah. you can try it. Um, and yeah, so now you have Visual Code running Eclipse and NetBeans. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So, but uh, I, I actually started with Visual Studio Code to do some JavaScript, and then I saw that it also supports Java, so I became lazy and now I'm using it for both. But larger projects yeah. still NetBeans is my way to go. Uh, Eclipse I start, stopped used. I think 20 years ago or 15 years ago, 15 years ago, not 20, 15, 2006, 2007. And uh, in I have license, all the licenses, but I, I cannot remember the shortcuts. So I launch it, I look at this, and then, you know, this is this is my way to... Yeah. So anyway, going back to my involvement in NetBeans, I realized that application server at that time, I mean, either you could hack more and more tooling on crap, mm -hmm. or you could fix the crap, mm -hmm. right? And I decided maybe I should work more on uh application servers mm -hmm. than tools okay right and this is where i got involved in uh, g2e and you know java e5 which was i think a big you know i mean a big revolution trying yeah. to simplify uh developer needs it was and uh so i was involved in both sides you know providing tools for it but also making sure that whoever wrote the specification uh really wrote by hand an application to see how impossible it was with VI. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It was not possible to write an EJB in VI. Even, yes. even the uh, EJB spec lead could not write an EJB using VI. Yeah. And I told them, you know, please start from scratch, give me an EJB. They could not. So right there, I, I knew something was wrong. Yes. Okay, I didn't knew that you thinking identically to me, so for me it's also suspicious. And um, yeah, and uh, and you started at the spec side or tool? So you started to work on the Sun, so the predecessor of Glassfish. Yeah, or? The, Sun, the Sun server. I mean, yeah. Uh, at that time, we also had uh, an acquisition, or I mean, a, a collaboration with iPlanet, Netscape, right? Netscape. So you know, uh, I also have my uh, email address at Netscape. Oh, cool. Okay. I was, I was Ludo at. Uh, uh, Netscape. Uh, I was Ludo at sun.com. I was Ludo at netbeans.org, maybe. And I was Ludo at net, netscape.com. And I'm Ludo at google.com. You know, so I was able to, to keep my Ludo uh, LDAP on all those either small or large companies. You're crazy. So, I mean, this is a, a quite an achievement. You know, it's the history of internet. It's the Ludo. Yeah. Ludo, I mean, Ludo email uh, addresses. I, yeah, I, I think my, yeah. Having my email address at Netscape.com, you know, I was, you know, uh, pretty happy with that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, Netscape Navigator back then, it was... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. 
the Anderson Horowitz is, is, is the inventor of, of Netscape, and now he's a huge investor, right, in Silicon Valley. Yes. And JavaScript, funny story. There was a Netscape suit spot. It was server-side uh, engine in Netscape. Yeah. It was an application server. Yeah. You can run JavaScript. And Java. I know. I love it. I have all the books. I have all the paper nice books. Nice books with the, with the, you know, the light tower, always. I have, and I have the CD-ROMs. And, and uh, yeah, so it was JavaScript server-side way before Node.js. Yeah. With uh, us, uh, with um, client push, you you are you are able to push to the client with proprietary technology. I forgot about that, but the point is, Java came out, and I was hired a huge project to help a company to migrate JavaScript from the server to Java because they say JavaScript on the server is no future, and it worked. Everyone was happy, and the, uh, what we did, we migrated everything to Java. Yeah, maybe it was marketing pushing for. Yeah, Java, but, but uh, funny, you know. but funny. I, I met and them. Worked, you know? yeah, yeah, I met them one, and they said, oh, "Look now, do you have a, a JavaScript on the server?" But the company is no more operational. But uh, it was it was funny. <laughs> so um, yeah. so great. So you so you tried to fix the Sun Java server, the iPlanet. Well, I tr I mean, we tr so I tried to you know unify it with what we had internally, and what really we wanted to do. And we also had this uh, RI reference implementation from JavaSoft. Remember that? Yeah. You remember it? Yeah. So the ancestor of Glassfish. Yeah. So th this is why we decided that uh, we would use the RI uh, reference implementation branding mm -hmm. to both continue uh, doing the reference implementation mm -hmm. as well as trying to, uh, to have a, a business offering on top of it. Mm -hmm. So trying to unify things from iPlanet, from Sun, and from JavaSoft. Mm -hmm. And this is where Glassfish, you know, uh, started becoming both uh, a, a platform and a product as well as a JavaSoft uh, RI. And, and who was the initiator? Was it your idea or who, who was behind the entire thing? I mean, it was a bunch of uh, very smart people. I mean, Eduardo uh, Koshike was there. Okay. Roberto Cinici was there. Uh, Jérôme Dauché. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah Jérôme, Jérôme was the, the H2K or H, uh, you know, the uh, CDI injection yeah, yeah, guy. HK2. HK2, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I I mean, so, you know, I, yeah, I still see those guys uh, a lot, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, so Kushuke and Jérôme uh, wrote HK2, which was the uh, OSGI way of, uh, you know, assembling higher components in Glassfish. Mm -hmm. So it was very modular. Yeah, yeah. And this was how Glassfish one one happened, right? Yes. Uh, so yeah, I was there uh, doing doing a mix of things for Glassfish and tooling for it as well. Mm -hmm. So Glassfish v one, I think I had never project with Glassfish v one, but v two is where I got a lot of projects and I spent a lot of my time with Glassfish v two. And I think this is where we met as well at various conferences. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, and you started to, to work on Glassfish exclusively, or you were still, you know? No, I was still doing both uh, NetBeans and Glassfish. Okay. So in Glassfish, I did, uh, you know, I did. I remember talking to you about it. Uh, I did the uh, admin backend, uh, generating JAXRS resources uh, directly in bytecode using ASM. Yeah, and this is where I remember uh, exactly the conversation. What I remember, okay. it was Java 1. And uh, my idea was somehow to provide monitoring for Glassfish that we can uh, just have, you know, for the admin console, console REST interface. And you told me, somehow, wait. And then two weeks later, 
you sent me a mail and said, I was on vacation, now it's ready. Yeah, I was on vacation in France. I remember uh, spending two weeks, you know, just by the seaside, like I'm now. And, okay. uh, and just doing this, you know, uh, no interruption, nobody calling me, nobody, you know, sending me emails or mm -hmm. stopping me by in the corridor. I was just, you know, watching the sea and coding. Yeah, and and what what happened was uh, then we got you know the REST interface for REST admin interface for Glassfish. That's what you did, right? Yeah. Then I ask you know how you did it. It was very simple. I said I just generated everything. So okay, you know, this is great because we used it in lots of projects also for monitoring and automation. So this was the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And was it actually my idea or, or wanted to do this anyway? So what was the story? I, honestly, I don't remember, but I remember talking to you about it. Okay. Yeah, I, I was impressed and that you, he, you did it in two, two weeks. In two weeks, it was like incredible. Yeah, I but mean, maybe I had this. I mean, I I knew we we could do things much simpler that uh, anybody else was, you know, yeah. talking about. Yeah. Uh, at that time, the ASM library was uh, pretty nice. I mean, and I learned ASM. Uh, by the way, the ASM guy now is a Googler engineer. You know? Okay. We, we still have bugs in ASM, and uh, I complained to him. Um, so okay. I don't care, but uh, it's, it's funny that, you know, all those smart guys, uh, you know, you, you can still find them in uh, either Facebook or Google now. You know. Yeah, uh, lots of people move to Google, actually. I think uh, lots yeah. of your team are at Google right now, so the, the team. Yeah, so uh, Roberto was the first one. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, the first one from the Glassfish team. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. you had plenty of people from JavaSoft. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Uh, but after the JavaSoft uh, migration to Google, then the uh, the Glassfish and the you know Java EE ecosystem migration started also to Google. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and it was mainly to the Oracle acquisition. You know. Yeah, but before this. Glassfish V3 yeah. happened, and and for me it was like step backward because everyone was uh, excited about the modularization, and for me say okay, but I never will modularize Glassfish. I will just start I it know. and use it, and you know the starting time was slower because yeah. I if you if you use V3 with the admin console it take more time, and I always you know I had a conversation with Alexi may, maybe with you, and I say who cares about modularization? I would like to I start know. the entire thing quickly. What uh, are you talking uh, about, uh, right? Talk to me about J JDK 11, you know? <laughs> nine. JDK 9, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but who, who cares about modules in JDK? Nobody. I mean, not, at least not me. Maybe. maybe yeah, the engineers who building, who building JDK, they are caring. But but for us, yes. I, I, as a microservice, it doesn't matter. I, if I would use CLI, like, you know, tooling, maybe, yeah, I could load my own plugins or whatever. But uh, right now, yeah. there is no business case except, you know, some leisure. Yeah, but yeah, Glassfish V3, you know, introduced, uh, I mean, clustering, I mean, multiple uh, VMs. So it was, you know. Some features. Uh, the normal uh, fat that you need to add to a product so that you can sell it uh, yeah. to enterprise, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah I understand it. I understood it and I use uh, V3, of course, a lot. And, uh, and then was the time almost when Oracle happened, right? Yeah, so Oracle happened. Uh, so, yeah, Sun did not go anywhere. Um, yeah. Too bad uh, Google did not buy Sun. Yeah, I think the history would be much different now. But anyway, you, you think, I, I think I think Oracle is not that bad for Java. Yes, uh, I would I would agree with that now. Yes, yeah. because I'm really but, surprised the pace and and they are still 
doing interesting stuff. So uh, this is, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yes, but definitely Oracle did not care at all about Glassfish. You know, it was competing yeah. against their own uh, application server. This was strange, yeah. And, you know, some people try to, 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 to coexist between the two teams, but obviously uh, Oracle and Sun had a completely different way of doing things. What I remember, it was like kind of a secret meeting from Oracle. And they called me, but I was not hired by them. But management, they're like the web logic management called me. And, um, and uh, for me, it was night. So I was back from a, from a consulting gig. And I, I cannot remember the people, but uh, the, the, it, what I said, okay, the web logic is uh, you know, uh, losing momentum and uh, um, JBoss is, is getting more and more popular. And they were afraid of JBoss. And they asked me, what should we do? Or what, what is my, uh, my idea? And I say, but you have, you know, Glassfish. I use in all my project Glassfish. No one uses WebLogic anymore. Why are you, why are you not you know, pushing more uh, uh, stuff in yep. Glassfish? But they didn't want it to hear this. And they asked me, you know, uh, they say, can you write a white paper for us you know, to explain this? Uh, sure. But it, my opinion is, you know, Glassfish should be pushed more. Glassfish is, is, is just genius. But, and then I didn't got the contract. So uh, this was... This was, this was, this was uh, I remember this right now, and I exactly know where I, I was in the parking lot in the night. For me, it was like 1 p.m. Another talk with people, which I only knew two, they were WebLogic uh, managers, and the others one, no idea. And and they say, yeah, but could you write the papers? Like, yeah, but this is what I tell you right now. As I'm, I'm convinced that Glassfish would win, so invest more in Glassfish. But they, they didn't want to hear this. And, and, and then... Of course. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like a politics, uh, of course. Yeah, right. It's... Start that practice, okay? I mean, uh, if yeah. you have a high-level direction and uh, strategy, then yeah. you need to follow on it, follow up on it, and you know you can. You, you need yeah, to kill right. people yeah. or technology doesn't matter. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know it because yeah, but um, but 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 as a side effect, then uh, it impacts uh, human pe- human beings, <laughs> and as human beings, I think uh, all my friends were much happier in. Uh, an environment like Google than Oracle. This could be. So I have no idea because I never worked for a company. But uh, but you seem always happy. You know, you, um, what I remember, you left uh, you left Oracle or you left Sun. I left Oracle. Okay, so you worked for Oracle for for for, for a while. Yeah, I, le- I worked for uh, almost a year, I think. And, and and was a difference between Sun and Oracle immediately? Or oh, it was uh, night and days. Yes. Okay. Interesting. But you like Sun, as I remember, right? Oh yeah, I mean Sun was uh, yeah, Sun was a, a, an amazing company yeah. for an engineer. This was also my observation. So for me, from uh, outside, worked. I never worked for Sun, but uh, I mean, I, I observed. I, I, for me, it was like a dream, right? So it was like uh, interesting. And it, interesting. It, 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 it was a dream, except for you know salespeople or marketing marketing <laughs> yeah. people who didn't know how to make money. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the engineering culture and the engineering environment, it was. More or less like what I've seen at Google as well, you know. Yeah, and and then Except you left Google as a, as a source of revenue, yeah. you know, ads and search. So yeah. it just they would not be bothered by trying to market things that they don't want to market, you know. Yeah. So, so you left uh, Oracle and went to Google. So can you talk what you did at Google, or is it like NDA or? Uh, no, no, I can talk about it. I I I joined the Google App Engine team. Uh huh. And App Engine, uh, if you know it, is uh, either the first or one of the very first uh, platform as a service mm-hmm. offering. Mm-hmm. So you write your uh, web archive 
So mm -hmm. war, you know. So it's a Java EE war application. I'm, I'm just talking about the Java runtime. Yeah. We had other runtimes that for Java, you wrote a, a web archive with web.xml Mm -hmm. that you could customize a little bit with appengine-web.xml, you know, where mm -hmm. we, would, we would add only appengine-specific uh, things. And you would do uh, not gcloud, but whatever, command line, deploy, and my war, right? Mm -hmm. And we would deploy it and serve it on a URL. Mm -hmm. And when you have zero customers, you wouldn't pay nothing for it. And when you have uh, 10 customers or uh, 10,000 or 100,000 or even 1 million, we would, we would be able to still serve this application by scanning it on different JVMs and different machines, even different regions. So it yes. was amazing. So it was, I mean, to me, it was uh, what uh, Java EE application server should be. Exactly. You know, if you have zero customer, I mean, first of all, you deploy your war. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you don't know which JDK it's using. You don't know which operating system it's using. You don't know, you know, if it's Ubuntu, if it's whatever, you don't, you don't care. Yeah. The only thing you care about is your business logic, mm -hmm. which is a collection of classes and JSPs. Mm -hmm. And the backend can scale it from zero to almost infinity. Yeah, and what I remember, the app engine had even own uh, JPA-like persistence, right? And, um, yes. so, and we, so we tried, yeah. So we, we had those mappings with JPA as well, with uh, JPA to a uh, cloud data store. Mm -hmm. I mean, our app engine data store. Mm -hmm. So at that time, Google Cloud did not exist, okay? Mm -hmm. App engine was all Google Cloud. Yeah, it is very similar so to Heroku, engine right? To do, yeah, so app engine had to do everything. App Engine had to create the notion of a cloud project, a command line tool, uh, admin GUI, uh, and then services. You know, it's not a you, you write Java, but you, you want to you want to communicate with a database, with memcache, with mails, with uh, blob store. You know, with uh, task queues. So we also had to write all those uh, Google backend services. Mm -hmm that were uh, running outside of your uh, application, obviously. Mm -hmm. And you would access with APIs, so the App Engine APIs, which is one single jar, uh, which is a small uh, RPC client, mm -hmm. marshalling protocol buffers, you know, that are sent to all those uh, external services. And now, you know, uh, You have the concept of Google Cloud Project, the Google Cloud Admin Console, the Google, Google Cloud Command Line Tools, uh, Google Cloud Data Store, which is separated from App Engine, uh, Google Cloud Memcache, Google Cloud Task Queue or Mem uh, uh, Task. So all those embedded services uh, created and invented by App Engine have been extracted from App Engine and can run now also outside of app engine mm -hmm. uh, but app engine was quite successful right so well it is it is still the most successful project today uh, yeah we are making tons of money yeah um, and and this is funny because we want people to migrate to new things yeah you know cloud run cloud function mm -hmm. 
uh, GCP. Uh, so we try, we, yeah, we, we want people to uh, move to other layers of the platform. And the original App Engine customer, they love so much App Engine, they, they don't want to move. You know? Yeah, this is actually so new, the serverless new customer, experience. Serverless. This, yeah. It was the first serverless, actually. This was the invention of serverless well, computing model, right? App Engine is serverless, yeah. right? It always uh, was. Except that you are not built by the microsecond. You are built, you know, if you, if you use it one second, we, we, you, you are charged with 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. But it's only, uh, it's only a billing issue. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's not a... Yeah. Um, and we could we could have changed App Engine to build at the microsecond, but mm -hmm. we decided that that would be new products. But anyway, App Engine is the first serverless product at Google, but also I think outside of Google. Yeah, I also think so. And 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 you started the App Engine project, or was it before? So I joined in 2011, so exactly 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. huh. okay. um, uh, it was still a beta product. Okay. And it had only two runtimes, Python and uh, Java. Mm -hmm. And uh, Python, I think, was uh, previewed in 2008, mm -hmm. and Java was previewed in 2009. Okay. So it was, you know, a year, a year and a half about the preview, but we were still better. So it was just, you know, uh, I think when I joined, we were maybe doing uh, five or ten millions uh, revenue uh, mm -hmm. per year. And we were doubling maybe every every two two months. You know, yeah. I mean the Crazy. the growth was I mean amazing. This was always ask myself why Sun is not doing this because for me it's also you now push yeah. the world to the cloud and then it should distribute I automatically. And this, so this is why I loved App Engine because App Engine was I mean the perfect solution. Yeah. to what I wanted to do. You know. Yeah. The only uh, thing I had um I, I chat with engineers from Cloud Engine or architects at Java One. And we had a chat on, on transactions and I say, okay, you know, just put an annotation on the thing and, and, and what do you do behind? It doesn't matter. We, there is some mapping between local transaction and store. And they say, no, 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 we don't like transactions. We see where you're coming from. You are an enterprise developer, but we don't care. I was like, yeah, well, you have to care. You know, this was, uh, yeah. it was I think, yeah. before you joined App Engine. So there was like, uh, for unknown reasons, the App Engine people were at the Java 1 back then, but it was before uh, Sun, Sun's Java 1, and I chat with them. Um, okay, yeah. but uh, what what you did specifically at, at App Engine? You were a low level App Engine developer, or what? What you, what you had to you do know, at Google? I mean, at Google, you have to code. You have to. I mean, yeah. when you are hired at Google, whatever your age, you know, if if you are young or old, the only way to not to survive, but to to yeah, to to live in in a engineering culture a company like Google, you have to code. So. Yeah, uh, maintaining the product, uh, making it scale, moving it from Java 5 to Java 6, moving it from Java 6 to Java 7, then Java 7 to Java 8. And I'm happy to tell you now that you can, in a preview, use Java 11 App Engine. So, so the exact same application that you could write in 2008, uh -huh. the exact same application, same App Engine APIs, okay, that at that time was using Java five. If you are not, if you are not using uh, JDK internal bugs yeah. or non-specified behavior, the same application can run today on Java eleven. Incredible! And you are still on the App Engine team. Yes. So Java eleven. Uh, so we we try to you know we try to 
tell people stop using the App Engine APIs, use a new APIs, blah, blah, blah. But it works for new customers, you know, mm -hmm. greenfield projects, but it doesn't work for customers that have been using App Engine for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And and how much do you support from the Java E? So it's like a little bit JPA servlets and uh, what else? Yeah, I mean, uh, JSPs and yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Servlets. Uh, anything servlet based. So, so Spring Boot would work on, on App Engine. Mm -hmm. uh, even though in a Spring Boot you don't see servlet, but there is a servlet or, I mean, a low level uh, mm -hmm. servlet. Uh, and, and the container we are, I mean, the web server we are using is JT. Okay. So again, we move from uh, JT6 to JT7, 8, 9. And the past 18 months, I've been struggling to move from JT93 to JT94. Okay. Incredible. I, mean, I thought it, you worked on something else, but I didn't know that you were working on Google App Engine. This is even better. And what I really admire yeah. is even if you worked for Google App Engine, you still, you know, some from time to time joined my sessions at Java One. It's like incredible that so you are attending actually my session. It was a nice touch. Yeah. So we met, you know, and the But whole... no, so I've been, uh, yeah, I've been uh, only doing App Engine uh, since I joined Google. Uh, so, which is absolutely not normal. I mean, people at Google, they, they keep changing, either quitting or changing jobs, yeah. but, but I but, I did not change anything. Mm -hmm. But App Engine has actually a bright future. Uh, now, at the um, on, uh, on, on uh, AWS, so there is uh, App Run, I think, a new service, very similar to Google App Engine. Yes. And LightSail yes. also goes to this direction. And, you know, and App Engine was first, I would say. Um, uh, it, it just... Yes. This is the. And by the way, are you aware of the project Payara Cloud? No. So no. No. Payara, you know, the is the successor the of Glassfish, right? Yes, so the yeah. yeah. And what they did is genius. So the, <laughs> I, I like the idea. So the okay, clustering, you, you know, them. there is a show behind the scenes, and it's and and, and it controls the nodes. So Payara Cloud basically is Kubernetes operator, and you are submitting a war. And it manages the pods for you, starting Payara Micro instances, completely transparent for mm -hmm. you. So I, I just thinking, this is a great idea because you can, uh, it's just like Google App Engine, you know, with something different, different product, very similar impact. So you are uploading the war and it distributes the stuff. You get your DNS name and you are done. And, um, yeah. and, and I just like the idea because many said, okay, application servers are dead. And uh, this is actually a, the exact opposite of Quarkus, Helidon, and the others, so that, uh, you know, that an application server manages the cluster for you, as it always did, but instead of building the infrastructure by themselves, they're using Kubernetes. So you don't have to write yeah. the YAML. <laughs> and and, wow. and back, back to Kubernetes, we should uh, record another podcast now about modularization, but... So you, so you know what, K Kubernetes project was created inside the App Engine team. So it might be a scoop for you, but Kubernetes has been created by three people working as an App Engine engineers mm -hmm. in my team, reporting okay. to my manager. Okay. So I know a lot about the history of Kubernetes. And so can we say that Kubernetes is your fault right now, right? So you, you, you gave too well, much resources to the engineers. Yes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but it was called Borg and Omega, right? And Omega was the open source effort, and then it became open source. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we can go forever on that. Uh, okay. Borg is, uh, Borg is the internal cloud okay. at Google. Okay. I mean, Borg, yeah, Borg is, uh, is the operating system that runs all the Google applications. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so one of the, one of them is Gmail, mm-hmm. one of them is Search, and one of them, and it's one single application. Okay, one of them is Google App Engine. Okay, so Google App Engine is one application, one single application, right? When with multiple layers, right? Yeah, and you can deploy in a multi-tenant way millions of applications. Mm-hmm. And one application can scale from zero to millions of VMs. Mm-hmm. So, but it's still one application. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. What I also think you did, you also was involved in the GVisor project, right? Well, so GVisor, yes. Yeah. So when we decided to move from Java 7 to Java 8, mm-hmm. right, it should have been an easy move. Right, because yeah. Java is almost compatible, and you just change the JDK, you change the command line of your entry point. You know, it should take a week, right? Mm-hmm. So you 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 would give this job to an intern who would say, okay, maybe in four weeks you you can upgrade everybody to Java eight, right? Yeah, and it took us for four years. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I have I have a public talk about it. You know, nobody has been listening to it, but uh, it's a bit of history. But basically, we realized that Java. Can you, 8, can, can you send me the link to your talk because um, I will just yes. put it to the show notes and I will yeah. listen to it. Yeah, or I mean, it's a, it, or it's a PDF. I don't remember if it has been recorded, or if it's recorded, maybe it's in French. Oh. But anyway. Uh, Java 8 introduced new things for scripting languages like Invoke Dynamic. Mm-hmm. You remember Invoke NAS Dynamic? One on, and NAS one stuff and Invoke Dynamic, yeah, for the scripting languages, yeah. bytecode extension. And the original sandbox uh, layer of App Engine, uh, which was a hack, but I cannot talk about it, yeah. you know, could not really secure uh, Java 8 bytecode anymore. Okay. You know, every week we would find new ways of uh, writing bytecode that would allow a uh, bad customer to find the from a, a war uh, application. You could write bytecode that would find, oh, I'm running in Borg, or I'm running a shared, shared operating system at Google, and I can find another job, you know, uh, running next to me, and I could kill it, or, you know. So basically, we could not secure uh, Java 8 mm-hmm. the way we were able to secure Java 6 and Java 7. Okay. And at that time, we would have said, okay, either we kill App Engine because we could not upgrade to Java 8, mm-hmm. or at Google, you always have a project that has started maybe 10 years ago, you know, that you can use or you can invest more money mm-hmm. to solve your little problem. Okay. And Gvisor was an intern, in, uh, internal project used a little bit in YouTube to, you know, to, uh, to do some YouTube, YouTube post-processing. And we decided to, uh, to say, this will be the future of App Engine. We have to make it the new sandbox. Mm-hmm. And we just spent three or four years just expanding Gvisor so that we could deliver Java 8 runtime in App Engine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then Gvisor became public, and now it's the basic of Cladron function. So all the serverless story of Google, you know, could not have been done without our uh, need to migrate from Java 7 to Java 8 in App Engine. 
it's actually like quite a history, right? What you did, you, you had a lots of influence if you think about that, right? What I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And the Gvisor is like additional layer above Linux, which is able to prevent specific system calls, right? Yeah. So, well, it's not even pre pre preventing; it's a rewrite of those syscalls. Mm -hmm. So, in in the preview sandbox, we were using a layer that is is doing exactly what you are saying. Okay. In Gvisor, Gvisor is a new implementation of the libc uh, library mm -hmm. with extensions called gophers i mean called yeah uh, that you you can uh, you can uh, extend to uh, provide you access to a cloud sql or a, a dns or a networking or mm -hmm. but it's yeah so it's basically running a process whatever process and for us it was a jvm process mm -hmm. In a, in, a, in a sandbox which is securing this, GVM, this G, G, uh, JVM process. Okay. So, so the JVM process is, for example, uh, seeing a slash TMP file system or a slash my application file system, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have your war file. So as if you stay on the JVM, you know, it's fine. You know, uh, you see a file system, you see a you see a process, you can launch a new process if you want, you know, using process builder in JVM, but you are not really seeing what the real operating system is, is, is seeing. Yeah, it's like because is, JVM is not uh, secure enough for your purposes, oh, so, uh, so, it, it cannot yeah. break out, right? Because what it sees is like a fake world. It's like a matrix for JVM, what you did. <laughs> it, it is a matrix for JVM. And we, we could spend another 10 years talking about... Uh, is uh, JVM is secure and obviously JVM is not secure. I mean, they're going to get rid of the security manager because it yeah. never worked. It's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> the Java security permission, all this crap is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you should really look at the source code of it. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's terrible. It was mm -hmm. written in 96, 97. Nobody knows how to make it work anymore. Anyway. So you, you cannot secure a JVM using bytecode. Yeah. So and we had to have this extra, you know, layer called Gvisor. Anyway, so yeah, so Gvisor saved uh, App Engine, and now Gvisor is also saving CloudRun and in the future of serverless at Google. Okay. And uh, are you still excited about App Engine, or? Yes, definitely, I am uh, more than ever. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, and yeah, perfect. Can you maybe share, you know, some killer features around f of App Engine right now? What you like the most? So you already said uh, this is like a serverless model. You push the war and you are done. Anything yeah, else? Yeah, I mean, so if, for example, and again, this is not maybe the marketing at Google, but if you just compare it to Cloud Run, mm -hmm. Cloud Run, you push a Docker image, right? Mm -hmm. And then we manage it the same way we manage your app in App Engine. So in a sense, it's the same, except that in order to push a Docker image as an application builder, you need to think about a JDK yeah. and a base image. Mm -hmm. Is it Ubuntu? Is it uh, whatever? You know, you have thousands of base images you can pick from yeah. where you would install another, not thousand, but maybe 50 type of uh, JVMs. You know, do you pick this JVM, that JVM? So you, you also need to think about all those layers. And then you need to think about your application 
and the web server this application is using. So do you pick Spring? Do you pick Quarkus? Do you, do you pick uh, Jetty? Do you pick Glassfish? Do you pick Tomcat? Do you, do you pick, you know, all those layers? If, if you're a business analyst, you don't give a about it, right? Exactly. So in a sense, you have more power with Cloud Run because you're in charge. And because you are, you're in charge, then your base image after two weeks, I know it, is already obsolete because it has uh, 10 CV that could be used to attack it. Even worse. Right? What, what I see in projects is the develop, developers pick whatever image they can find just to make the application yeah. run and ship it to the cloud. This, actually, yeah, they, they, they this is actually know. the result of my code review right now because they're picking whatever image that they found from a Bitnami, whatever. It's like, but I mean, yeah. you know what they are doing? If this is a product. You have to be in charge of it. You know, you cannot well, just say. I'm sure yeah. in those yeah, layers, you have uh, crypto mining uh, libraries that will kick off, you know, at night uh, in two years or whatever. Anyway, so you have more power and then me as a business developer, I don't, I don't want this power. You know, I want someone Absolutely. to tell me, okay, it's, you know, you can use this and this and we, we will fully maintain it, you know. Yeah. Very good. So this is why this is what I like App Engine because I find it even simpler than Cloud Run. Yes, of course. And um, what we should do, I should invite you back in a couple of weeks or months. It really depends on you. I try to invite you, you now for months, and but you are a busy man. And we should talk about you know Xdocket, Kubernetes, <laughs> App Engine, and serverless because we share the same opinion and or I share with you a similar similar opinion to yours. The problem is if we start with it right now, it will take at least two hours. Just, so just yes. talk about that. And remember, I, I'm on vacation, so I need to go back. Exactly. On vacation. So, uh, thank you. It was a pleasure to talk with you. It was really nice, you know, to uh, to remember the old times. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, you enjoyed it also a little bit. And where people can find you on the internet? Uh, I am on I am on Twitter. Mm-hmm. My Twitter is uh, Ludoc. L-U-D-O-C-H. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little bit on LinkedIn, but, you know. Okay. No, Ludoc is uh, where I communicate sometimes. <laughs> okay. So, but uh, Twitter is enough. Um, and and I, I, I love attending conferences, so hopefully I will be able to start again uh, going to either DevOx or uh, Java One. I think the Java One in September will be remote as well, no? Uh, there will be no Java One. It's called Code One right now. And I have no idea whether September, I will have to look it up. But the last one was remote, I think, yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, I'm, yeah, I miss a lot uh, attending conferences, so. Yeah, so we'll meet at conference the next time, hopefully. Okay, thank you. Yep.